lightning. Inspirational. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with, with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your coindom and become the Royal Impress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Impress. Now Akiva, she's the analytical Empress. Akiva, she's the Empress that will challenge you. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Welcome back to Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Dr. Hakima, and joining me is my co-host and kindred spirit, Akila. Also joining us is our spiritual sister and guest co-host, Ketnu Nefer. Now let me tell you a little bit about Ketnu. Ketnu is a Gullah Geechee, holistic health practitioner, Army veteran, uterine cancer survivor. We could stop right there, but I, I got some more. I got some more, though. Licensed massage therapist, writer, dancer, Egyptian yoga instructor, herbalist, certified birth doula. See, we got another doula on Royal Empress Podcast today. We got, and she's also a dance instructor and founder of Soulful Touch Wellness Company. This is do a lot of stuff. She do a lot. Welcome, my sister. How you doing today? I'm great, ladies. How are you? Well, well thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us for this wonderful topic. This is a powerful topic, and I just knew you had to be on this podcast with us for this topic. Today's topic is the toxic womb, using spirituality to heal thyself of fibroids, infertility, and emotional pain. Woo! That's a powerful, this powerful topic here. Yeah, this is a much-needed topic. I think a lot of women need to hear about this, so thank you for having me on, and considering me worthy enough to share this information and um you know i'm looking forward to the conversation now i do know we just had the women's retreat last month and i recall um hakima talking about when you all were in egyptian yoga class and you talking about the womb and she was just like oh i didn't know all of this stuff about my womb and ketnu said this and ketnu said that and so I'm like, okay, I didn't, I didn't get up for yoga this time. So what was you doing, <laughs> sis? Feel <laughs> <laughs> me, what was going on while I was sleeping? <laughs> I, I just was, you know, just being spirit led and just helping, you know, the sisters reconnect or, you know maintain their connection with their womb because I feel like it's something that a lot of women don't do. You know, so many women are disconnected from their womb. So, you know, I always utilize any opportunity that I can to help women make that connection or, or reconnect. So that's all. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that when you say, I can understand the connection part, but when we say reconnect. Mm-hmm with our wounds. You think that some of us just lose our connection? Um, oh, and, definitely. And how do we, and how do we do that? Like, I'm just thinking about, because I feel like I'm connected to my womb, right? But then when you say reconnected, yeah. the first thought of my mind was like, man, so I can disconnect from my womb? Like, <laughs> how would yeah, I? I mean, because when, when I say disconnect, I mean, not recognizing the womb as the powerful tool that it is. Um, you know, our wombs or our uterus, for those of, you know, who may not understand when we say womb, I'm specifically speaking of the uterus and the reproductive system, but more specifically the uterus. You know, our wombs are our seat of intuition and power as women. And 
most women only associate their wombs for uh, intercourse, birth, and menstrual cycles. We're not thinking about um, our using it as a manifestation tool, seeing it as our creative seat, seeing that it helps us to filter through our different emotions. You know, so when I say make that reconnection, I want you to reconnect to her as an ally and not an enemy. You know, we see uh, our wounds most time as our enemy because you may be dealing with some type of dis-ease, um, menstrual cramps, heavy bleeding, fibroids, PCOS, infertility, that type of stuff. So you don't see your womb as a magical tool. You see it as, like I say, an enemy. So when I'm asking you to reconnect, I want you to reconnect to her and her greatness and not just at the times when you are at odds with her. It's interesting because we talked to Andrea, Dr. Dula, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the womb and, and women wanting to have hysterectomies and, mm-hmm. you know, like get rid of their wounds, like they have this app, because I said it's like an adversarial relationship that yeah. that they have with their womb. And, and it is, that's what it sounds like sometimes that we have this adversarial relationship because nobody has, you're not taught coming up to embrace it and, and the power that it holds. Mm-hmm. You think if yeah. you're not having babies anymore, that there's no more use for Right. And that's not her only function. Right. You know, she she is a sacred organ and it's she's so key to us connecting to our our very essence of what womanhood is. And so even when you do have a hysterectomy, she's still there energetically. So she still needs to be honored for her presence and the things that she has done while there physically. You know what I'm saying? So it's Again, that's that disconnection. And so, and now it's so easy to disconnect and remove it and give it away because we, we're not connected to her. So, you know, I, it's, it's my hope in, in my practice to help women to, to revere their womb, um, to heal their womb. But it's a process that is not always easy, but something that most women may be ignorant in doing, you know what I'm saying? Like just not knowing that that I can connect, that I can have a conversation with her, that I can build and 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 utilize her for things outside of like I say, intercourse and giving birth and menstrual cycles. You know, yeah. I, you know can you the whole concept of of having a conversation, having a relationship this with the womb was just like way out there. So, you know, when I came into your, your Egyptian yoga session, I was like, okay, I love the energy, the vibe. Uh, sister is giving off some great energy. And I, and then throughout the, the yoga session, you know, I got more and more relaxed. But at the end, you had us meditating. And that's when you were like, okay, you broke down that, you know, we, we need to reconnect to our womb. We need to talk to her. And I was like, hold up, eh, what? <laughs> talk to her, listen to her, what? I, I had never in my life really been taught that and, and didn't really understand the importance of that. So as we were meditating and I started to really concentrate on your words and, and, and listen, it's like I could, what would come to mind, just listen to what my woman was telling me, what was bothering me and what I needed to release. I felt like a new woman after that session. Like I felt revived and just felt enlightened, like, all this time mm-hmm. I had neglected her. I, you know, I spent the whole the whole next couple of days apologizing to my womb of how I neglected her and didn't really have a relationship with her. I thought that I thought I was crazy for a minute, but just <laughs> that connection spiritually with my womb and then understanding why all those years when I when I would get angry or have some type of experience, how I would how I would feel after that experience. The anger, the frustration, the pain would really affect me in my womb. I didn't realize that's where all our emotions, my emotions would go. And when you broke that down, it was like, oh, my God, this is the light bulb coming on. I was searching for those answers. So it was like now I understand why 
my womb felt toxic. At that point, I didn't know it was toxic, but I knew something right. wasn't right. I was like, something's not right. And you know how you can go to the doctor? Oh, you know, it's nothing wrong or it's just this. And I'm like, the doctor can't tell me what's wrong. But when you broke that down, I was like, oh, my Lord, that's the issue. Every experience that I have daily, I, this is where it was set right in my womb and it was affecting me. But after that session and I had that conversation with my womb, it was like I felt a release. So I, I, I bear witness to the importance of having a conversation with the womb. And I, I'm so grateful for that. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for being open to it. Cause I know it does sound weird, you know, and even the first time I heard it, I was like, talk to my womb. Why? You know what I'm saying? And when I did have that conversation, my womb was so mad at me. It was so angry. And, but just tapping into that, I found out why. And it made sense because she relayed everything that was going wrong in my life and how she was the one storing all the negative energy and storing all the trauma. And it just got to a point that she got overwhelmed and that's where the uterine cancer manifested. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, this is why this is happening because I'm overwhelmed. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. I've tried to shelter and protect you as much as I can, but now I can't. And so it was like, whoa, having this conversation. And so I made it a point to do that for other women so that they could have that connection, have that conversation because a healthy womb is it's constantly sending us energetic messages and we tend to ignore it because we don't recognize it. We don't have that connection, but we know what a menstrual cramp feels like. We know what heavy bleeding feels like. We know what passing the clock feels like, but why can't we relate to the positive images, the positive messages that come through with our womb? And so when you talked about having that conversation with your womb and, and the results, and sometimes women get frustrated because they say, well, I had the conversation. She's not saying anything to me. But I like to use the analogy of having a friend that you talk to daily for like a year, and then you just stop talking for no reason, no explanation, all of a sudden. And then you try to reach out again. And she's like, why is she talking to me? She talked to me in over a year. She had nothing to say all this time. Why is she trying to talk to me now? So it's now helping to forge that relationship. <laughs> With, with your womb, you know what I'm saying? And so don't mm. get mad, but just understand that she's been there for you all along and you've ignored her. And now when things are dire, now that you got diagnosed with fibroids, you want to come and say, oh, what's wrong? Da, 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 da. And it's like, <laughs> well, I was telling you what's wrong all the time, but you wasn't answering the phone when I tried to call you. You know what I'm saying? So just mm. think of it in that aspect so it's not so foreign and so woo-woo crazy like, I'm not sitting here talking to this imaginary thing, but she's not imaginary. She is there that you can physically see your uterus. You know what I'm saying? If you still have it intact, but she's still there energetically if she's gone. So just knowing that you can do that and make that connection and really feel that and, and knowing that, that you can shift so much in your life just by doing that. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's so important that we make that connection. I can't say that enough, and I want to hammer that in for the listeners so that they know this is not some esoteric out there thing. This is something that they can do tonight or, you know, in the next couple of days and see a shift in their lives if they're doing it, you know, with the right intention and with, you know, wholeheartedly. I think it's important for people to know that also when we deal with talking to the moon, you know how people always, when we talk about affirmations and people say, oh, well, these affirmations are not working or this is not working. And I can't find the, the actual quote, but there is something that I read before that says that basically you're, you can say a lot of things, but if you don't actually in your subconscious mind buy into what you're saying. Right then you don't get the results and the response that you're looking for. So you actually have to believe for real yeah. what you're saying. You can't just say it. So you have a lot of people that's like, okay, well, they told me all I got to do is write these affirmations. So you can write, I am beautiful. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. But if you subconsciously really don't believe that you're beautiful, right. then you can say it till you blue in the face and it's not going to make a difference. 
So it's the same yeah. difference. If you don't believe that in talking to your womb and you have these doubts, oh, this, okay, well, I'm going to, they told me to have a conversation with my womb, so I'm going to have a conversation with my womb. But you don't buy into it, then why? What what response do you think you're gonna get from your womb? True. But what attitude and tone are you gonna have when you talk to your womb? Like, is this gonna be a forced interaction? You know what I mean? You know how did somebody force you to go tell them you're so, you sorry? <sighs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's right. just an attitude with it. So if you're gonna talk to your womb with an attitude, well, right. yeah, I guess yeah. it ain't gonna like you say that if the spirit ain't right with the affirmation. It's the same when you're having a conversation with your woman. What, what's the spirit going to be like? Right. Yeah. And I like to tell people to, to even just to, how to initiate that, is just ask your womb, what is it that you want me to know? And then that can set the tone for how you respond, how she, it, you know, react or whatever. But, it, again, it's just initiating that first step. You know what I'm saying? And I and I do agree. How you come to her will definitely um, elicit a certain response. But just knowing that it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Just asking a simple question. Even if you feel like, like say if you're dealing with uh, infertility, so to speak, and just say, why, why am I not conceiving a child? Why am I not holding on? Be prepared for the answer because it may not be pretty. Or it may be just simplistic. You you deal with too much. It's too much trauma, or I I'm not ready. You know what I'm saying? And then look at to what may be going on in your life that may make her feel that you're not ready. You may have a toxic workplace. You may have a toxic relationship. So why bring a child into a toxic relationship? You know what I'm saying? You may have a toxic home. You know, so it's so many different uh, permutations that can happen. But the fact is, is initiating the conversation and just being open-minded enough to hear and receive without judgment what comes back to you. Because I think that's the other point, too, because even if you come in with the attitude, you may not be prepared for what may be coming back. Because you may come to her with an attitude, but she may come back with, to you with love. I know you're mad because you don't know what it is that you're supposed to be looking for, but let me tell you. I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. I've been supporting you all along. And we're going to get through this toxic relationship. We're going to get through this IVF cycle. We're going to get through these copious amounts of blood that you're releasing from your womb. Like, it's, you know, it, it's all about being open-minded and willing to receive and just being able to initiate that without judgment. It's, it's really huge. And I think you can tell you can your womb can help you to figure out how to help. Mm -hmm. and, and so I was diagnosed with fibroids when my son was two or three years old <laughs> and he is 19. So mm -hmm. mine have they have not grown. I've had mm -hmm. no issues whatsoever, whereas I have mm -hmm. friends. That are telling me they gotta have surgery, people having hysterectomies. I had an ultrasound a few years ago where they told that they were like, What fibroids are you talking about? I'm like, they're there. <laughs> but but they were Did almost you say they're there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, they're there. They told me, yeah. So, but they they but really what it was is that they were almost under 10. He's like, they're they're so small that they're almost not noticeable even on the ultrasound. Yeah, they can and, They can actually go away. Yeah, with the white work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, you know. So I understood too that your diet plays a role. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, but then, if you get quiet and you start to understand that, and you know, I mean, I I can't say, oh, mm -hmm. you know, I've never had any issues whatsoever, but I don't now, and I have not for a very long time. And I think some of it too had something to do with my the, what I'm thinking because if somebody tells you, oh, you have fibroids, then you just, oh, I got fibroids, and and now you're always talking about these fibroids. But right. I'll tell you this, Ketnu, and we didn't we didn't bring this part up, but you do yoni stings, mm -hmm. and 
vaginal steaming, however we want to, whatever name you want to put out there for it. Right. Goddess steam, whatever. There's 50,000 names for it now. Right. <laughs> but I know that I did that with you last year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get to do it this year, but I reaped so many benefits from it. And I think I told mm-hmm. you that, that, you know, so mm-hmm. sometimes it's just, just, just giving her sometimes what she needs or to, to clear her out is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You definitely have to, you know, process and emotionally cleanse the room. And that's what I'm saying. And that's why the process of how I do Yoni Steaming transcends just sitting you on a part of earth. We actually have a conversation. I take you through a room meditation. We do a reading. We get to the source of what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. with your womb so that this is not just a physical cleanse, but it's an emotional and spiritual cleanse for your womb as well, you know. And, again, this is the time where some women who've never had the connection with their wombs find a connection. Those who may have had a connection and may have disconnected, they reconnect through the process. And the herbs are your allies, you know. And, and in my herbal schemes, I do a triple potency. So we, we're dealing with herbs, we're dealing with crystal essences, and we're dealing with flower essences as well in these themes. So we got a triple approach, you know, with that. So we're not just dealing with one prong of what's going on with your womb. And it's so vital with that. And, and I think this is what people need to know even when they're choosing to do a yoni scheme is choose a practitioner who is there for your total well-being and not just looking to make money off of something that's fetish and just sitting you on a pot of herbs. Because I've seen people drinking wine while they doing a yoni scheme. And I'm like, if you're selling this as a detox, why am I ingesting alcohol? You know? Mm. So now that, now that we're Jeez. doing this, why, why are we um, not really getting to the – to the source of what's going on with my womb. Why Why you chose these herbs for me? You know, people choosing blanket scenes and they're going on other people's website and, and stealing um, formulas, so to speak, but they can't tell these people why you chose lavender for me. Why Anybody who's still with me, they know I tell you the herbs that I use for you, why I chose that herb. Sometimes spiritually I have a formula in mind and spirit makes me change it because it's like, no, 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 she needs this. She needs that. You know what I'm saying? So you're not going to get a blanket, one-size-fit-all scheme from me. And that's not no ego thing, but I want to help you make that connection. I want you to heal. And so knowing that this is a powerful modality that shouldn't be taken lightly and not done because you saw it on Love and Hip Hop or whatever, whatever, but is that you really, really want to <laughs> make a change in your life. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's it's become so faddish now. Yes, it's it is. And that's, and that's why I don't advertise it as much. And now it's people who really seeking out the healing that find me and say, do you do steaming? They, they ask me, do you do steaming? You know what I'm saying? So that's how I know this is what this person needs, and, and I'm the person to help her facilitate that journey. I did a steam today, you know what I'm saying? And so – it was just like so powerful because she's a healer in her own right. And she could have gone to, and she knows other people here in the area who does steaming, but she chose me because she was just like, you know, just energetically what I felt. And I just know that you're going to do the due diligence. Like I know this is going to be an experience for me and not an event. You know what I'm saying? So it's not something that I want to do in a room full of my girlfriends with us drinking wine or whatever they serve and, you know, when they're doing these group scenes and stuff like that. And I'm not anti-group scene, but I just want, you know, the listeners to know, like, to take this very seriously because your womb is such a sacred space and you need to treat that with kid gloves. And, and you know, you just heard Akira's testimony, you just heard Akira's testimony that this is something that is life transformative transformative you know and so why why settle for something that's just going to be something that you can check off your oh i did that because it was popular on instagram list you know so yeah your intention is important and i was just thinking i was going to say because you are an actual practitioner of course you're going because you don't want to say anything against other practitioners i'm going to say it for you because i don't do yoni stings for people (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and therefore, I don't understand why you would want to do a group Yoni Sting. So I said it. You don't have to say it, but that's my humble opinion. But <laughs> because it's such an intimate and private thing, at least from my experience. Mm -hmm. And it's such an intimate and private thing that to me, I need to be one on one with that practitioner. And maybe I'm spoiled because I got my sting with you. Uh -huh. And yeah. and so I can't even imagine somebody trying to sit me somewhere with some other women around or particularly in they drinking and all of this kind of stuff. Because sometimes when you experience something at the highest level, it's very difficult to imagine doing it in in in, in a lesser manner. And and maybe mm -hmm. I'm and again, since I don't do those things, I can say what I want to say because I'm a recipient. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I agree. I, I I agree with you. I uh, at first, you know, it's funny because I signed up for all these services, right? I I just said check yeah. every yes for everything, but I was there so before the the vaginal steaming. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm probably not gonna do it. I'm probably not even gonna do it. But after the, the Egyptian yoga session, I said, oh, I'm all in because of your spirit. And I'm like, sister, and it's not because this is fetish or not because you, you know how you have people, they see what monkey see, monkey do. I want to do this because everybody else doing it. I felt genuine mm -hmm. spirit. Your spirit was genuine, and it was very, even though in the, in the Egyptian uh, yoga session, it was like four or five of us. I, it, but you make everyone in it feel like it's just you and them. So I said, man, if this is the yoga session, what is the vaginal steaming going to be like? And so oh, with the wow. vaginal steaming, I remember before even coming to the retreat, you had me fill out a questionnaire with you know questions mm -hmm. and, and, and in the questionnaire you said these questions are so that I can formulate uh, the herbs, the right herbs for you because it's not a one size fit all session. I was blown away by that. It's customized. So of course I can't see I'm with you, Akilah, I can't see a group session because we don't share the same womb. So how are we all gonna have the same formula? We're gonna have the same herbs. It, it's just not possible for us to sit in the room and go through that journey together because like with Ketnu, me and you, we went on talking and you were like, so what's going on? Let's let's talk about it. And I was just pretty much expressing like my job and, and, and the stress that I deal with, with working in the prison and dealing with men and, and their disrespect. And, and as we talked together, you helped me figure out that's, that's all that's going to your womb. And I was just like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. And just in that session, uh, the conversation along with the vaginal statement itself, it was like, my womb was like, see, this is what I've been trying to tell you, girl, but you weren't listening. You know, it's kind of like that feeling was like all of this I've been holding in and needed to release. And I, I concur. You cannot go through that as a group. And it's something you need to have. So you mentioned it, too, how you have some people will come to the room. They'll sit you in and they'll walk out like they'll come. I'll be back in about 30 minutes or hour or whatever. But you took that time to say, I'm going to invest in my client. And I was just like, man, I'm so blessed that my first experience was with you and not with just somebody who's just looking for a transaction. So I, I agree with everything you're saying, Akilah. It has to be, you can't you can't do this with people who are just in it because it's a fad or people that's just in it for the money or the people that mean well, they just didn't do their research, they're not certified herbalists. You need to get with somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm, I see. <laughs> <laughs> But and and yeah. that's probably one of the ways like when women are wondering, well, how do I do it? You know, maybe maybe these are people who need assistance. And and I mean and, and bringing it up, I mean I just thought about it as we were talking. Uh, you know, the experience that I had with it. And so the, like this conversation is, isn't just all about that, but the reality of it is, is maybe that might be something to help you to get reacquainted mm -hmm. with them is to find somebody who, a practitioner that's a cat new, if it can't be cat new. <laughs> <laughs> um, How cat new refer them though? Don't just get with anybody and tell you. Right. Right. Girl, right? <laughs> so cat new, you know anybody yeah. in my city, girl? I know you know somebody, somebody in your network. I do. I <laughs> do. I do. But you want to yeah. get... Yeah, but you want to get with somebody who can help you to because as we're talking about spiritually uh, healing 
our our wounds. Yeah. That's to me, yeah. that's a step in the right direction because if you do it and there's a spiritual process in doing that, then mm-hmm. you somebody can help to guide you on that path to to open up and to learn. So that is definitely to me a way of um definite way of doing it. There's just so many different modalities that we can use to just help us from a spiritual standpoint to do that reconnection. And it's something that we definitely are in need of for real. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and that's why I said the meditation part is the easiest, you know what I'm saying? You could you could go and lay in bed right now before you go to sleep and have a conversation with your womb. You could do it in the shower. You could do it on the drive to work. You know, it doesn't take a special, you don't have to be in a special group session or even in a scene to, to make this connection. Or even on the first day of your cycle, say, oh, gosh, you know, what, what's going on? Why, why are you so crampy today? Like, just have that conversation and not as, as a complaint, but as a general concern. Like, why, why isn't this a normal day for me during my cycle? This, this, I want to feel what normal feels like. What? What can I do to ensure that my cycle is normal? What, how can I appease you so that you're not cramping? You're not, you know, getting rid of all this blood. What, what can I do, you know? And like I said, be open to the answer and just having that, you know, ability to do that. But there's so many different modalities out there. Reiki is another great way to deal with wound um, health and spiritual health because it is such an energetic um, modality and it's not, you know, non denominational, you know, not a religious thing, but it's an energy thing. So you could you could find a Reiki practitioner and go with the intent and saying, I'm having some womb issues. I really want to make a reconnection with my womb. Can you help me with this? You know, you can work with crystals. You can, you know, it's so many different things. Yoga, you know, it's it's so many different things. But again, you have to want to make that connection and and really transform the relationship that you currently have with your womb and honor her for the sacred thing that she is. And the other part of it, too, is tapping into your emotions, you know, process your emotions because, again, like I said, she, she stores all of that. So learning how to deal with your emotions and not bottling things up and, and learning how to process your emotions in a healthy way so that you're not, you know, storing all this negative energy and trauma in your womb, which then manifests into, again, fibroids and, um, you know, infertility and all these different diseases of the womb and, and being able to not give these things power over you anymore and, and just be letting being able to let go of that and, and spending an evening doing what you need to do because some women are afraid to cry, you know, and, and pinning up that type of emotion, it, it just adds more trauma to your womb because now it's more stuff that it has to process as opposed to you just letting out these tears. You know, who cares if you see you cry or how many times you cry at night by yourself? Just let it out because holding it in is doing more damage than you actually realize. Nothing like a good cry. I told somebody the other day, tears are cleansing. Uh, mm. Yes, they are. Mm. They are. They really, really are. They it's such a necessary thing, and it's your your eyes have tear ducts for a reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, why why not allow your body to do what it naturally needs to do? You know, and and not focus on the outside stuff, you know, and knowing that this is what I need to do to tune into my body and listen to my body and allow it to do what it needs to do in order for me to have balance and harmony in my life. Ketna, you have your own personal testimony if you feel like sharing it. Mm -hmm. I mean... Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a uterine cancer survivor. Um, they were pushing for me to have a hysterectomy. I come from a line of women, generational, um, who had hysterectomies before the age of 40. And I got 
diagnosed with the uterine cancer, um, I was 35, 36 years old. I'm now 44. I'll be 45 in August. And um, it was such a crazy time for me. I had a lot going on in my life. My um, SCRT got deported. I was working two jobs. I was working seven days a week, massaging between 12 and 15 people, and I'm talking hour massages a day, um, just barely making it, just really feeling isolated. Even though I had a village around me, I still felt alone and isolated. And so my womb was just taking in all this stuff, and I was dealing with, you know, the failure of my relationship and looking like a failure, and I'm not making money, and I may have to move back home at 36 back with my mom and you know just you know all this stuff and just um I was at my heaviest 230 pounds just going through it and and just learning how to formulate a plan for my womb and it wasn't until I did a womb meditation with this sister out in Arizona on the phone at the laundromat my clothes in the dryer and I'm sitting in my truck doing this womb meditation and I had that conversation (laughs) with my mom and I felt like I, did, I asked the question. She, she gave us the question. She was like, I want you to have a conversation with your womb, and I want you to ask your womb, what is it that I need to know? And mm-hmm. I did it. She made us put, put our hands over our womb, and I said, what is it that you want me to know? And I felt like this immense heat, like I've never felt before. And I've been some, near some really hot fires in my life. I'm a country girl. And, like, in my womb. And she was so, like, mad at me. That's why I was, like, use that analogy. It was like, oh, so now you want to have a conversation? Really? So you've been ignoring me all this time? You know, I had a cycle for six months. And I'm talking, like, pee on yourself blood. Like, I ended up having to have a blood transfusion. I lost so much blood in my body. And going through all of that, and my womb was like, you taking care of everybody else. You go out of your way to do this and that and this and that. But you don't take care of you. What about you? You know, and all that blood that. that you shared, that was my tears for you. I was crying for you. I was trying to let you know that you need to take care of you. Who's going to take care of you? Mm. I almost died trying to take care of other people and worrying about what people thought about me and just struggling when I didn't have the struggle and, you know, so many of these internal things that we as women tend to do on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? And that literally transformed my life. I, I just remember crying in my truck, waiting for my clothes to dry, listening to this guided meditation with this woman I didn't know from Adam on the phone all the way in Arizona. And, you know, it was just like, wow, wow. I had no idea. I knew I was sick. <laughs> but, you know, they were like, well, I don't know where it comes from. And granted, cancer is very pervasive in my family. I lost all four of my grandparents to some form of cancer. So it was like, I felt like, well, this was a generational thing. It, it, it could eventually happen to anybody in my family or whatever, whatever, I guess now is my turn, you know, but I learned that I inherited generational habits, you know, holding things in, doing for people and, and not taking care of me. And these are stuff that we learn habits that we see and we inherit. You know what I'm saying? And it's something that I was like, so I decided at that moment that I was going to break this generational curse. I'm not going to lose my womb. I'm going. I'm not going to be the next one to lose my womb before 40 or by 40. I'm, I'm going to heal myself. I'm going to do whatever it is that I need to do to save my womb, and that's what I did. And I started exercising. I started changing my diet. I moved back home to South Carolina. And, you know, I just really started digging deep and looking and unpacking all this stuff. You know, my parents got divorced when I was seven, was holding on to that at 36. You know what I'm saying? Like all this different stuff that was coming up that I didn't know that I had compacted into my womb to the point that my womb was like enough. You know, and so dealing with the infertility and, and like I said before, that's one of the things that I learned. It was like I had no room in my womb for a baby. Where was a baby going to go when I was dealing with mama drama and parents divorce and bad relationships and not worthiness and ill-paid jobs, all of that other stuff. Where was a child going to fit in that? So it was like 
what can I do now? And I and I've pretty much had almost any procedure that you can think of done to your womb pretty much except for cesarean. Like I've had cryotherapy where they literally freeze your uterus. They actually make oh. a snowball inside of your uterus. And I've had that done to me twice. I've had DNCs. I've had all kinds of stuff done to my womb. So dealing with that trauma, being invaded medically, you know, and so it was just like, how can I heal this? And how can I help at least one person in my lifetime not go through a tenth of what I've been through? And so that's why I decided to transform my practice into a women's only practice and helping other women to heal themselves because I don't feel like I'm a healer. I'm a facilitator of healing. I help you heal yourself because like Sister Kira said earlier, is like if you don't have it in your mind that you want to shift and change and heal this, it's not gonna happen. I can give you all the herbs and affirmations and meditations and all that other stuff, but until you decide that enough is enough and you wanna change and you wanna shift and you wanna heal, it's not gonna happen. So I got sick and tired of being sick and tired and I shifted that and, and so healing. You know what I'm saying from it, but at the same time, I'm not where I was, and I'm on, and I'm in a great place now because I do have a connection with my moon. I do. I can tell you the moment I started ovulating. I can tell you when my cycle was about to come on. Like I, it's like clockwork now. And this was somebody who didn't have a cycle for months. I went from having cycles for six months to not having none at all to having to take medication to to bring it back and doing all this other stuff, and then got into a beautiful relationship and started being regular on my own just because of mm. his healing energy and connecting with someone who wanted my best interest at heart, who wanted to help me heal and having that balance of that masculine energy, you know, and that's, that's a whole nother show, but you know what I'm saying? So it's just knowing what it is that you need to do and being open and willing to do it and doing the work. And that's why, like I said before, it's so easy for women to surrender their womb because it's easier to have somebody just take it out than for you to do the work. And so I'll just surrender it instead of me reliving this pain, see where I could have shifted, things that I could have done, things that could have changed in order for me to move on and not hold on to this. Or cut this cord from this bad relationship. Or, you know what I'm saying? Change my diet. Do some exercise. It's too easy to just say, oh, cut it out. But they're not realizing that you still can get fibroids without a uterus. <laughs> wow. See? You still we can get pregnant without a uterus. <laughs> Let's keep it 100. You know what I'm saying? You still can get STDs without a uterus. So if you are not aware of what it is that this tool is and what you need to do to protect yourself, 360, physically, mentally, and spiritually, because you have to think about your environment, your relationships, your your job, all of that factors into your womb. So, mm. you know, taking that all into account, and I shifted all of that <laughs> and, and, and started the executive process, and now I help to facilitate women to do the same thing for themselves. How long have you been cancer-free? Ten years. You said right. ten years? Ten years. Ten years. Oh, wow. Yeah. This well, year, I'll put this all over. That you could, that you could, you know, everyone don't, don't survive cancer. So it's a blessing that you're here on this call right now, on this podcast right. saying, I, I survived and then this is how I overcame it. So. And I healed naturally. It wasn't, I didn't, I didn't, we caught it early. So I didn't need chemo and stuff like that, but it came back twice, you know? And so it was like, but again, I was still dealing with the emotional stuff. And that's what I learned. Mm -hmm. As soon as I started unpacking all that emotional stuff, those things went away. It wasn't always the medical intervention that I needed. It was the cancerous thoughts. And the toxic people and foods and environments that I was in that was feeding that. And once I shifted that, my health and my life shifted. So it wasn't that, it, you know, and it was a miracle because my doctors would be like, 
still to this day, like, I don't know what she did or what, because they were really pushing for me to have a hysterectomy, and that's why I moved back mm-hmm. to South Carolina when I was living in Miami. And I went to a doctor who was, it was me and my sister, and she was like, no, I'm not doing no hysterectomy on you. My gynecologist was like, no, we're going to do this, this, and this, blah, 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 blah. And I told her, you know, I'm all about natural protocol. She was like, okay, well, let's do that too. But that's what I manifested. That's what I wanted. I said, I want to do things naturally, and those things came into place. But I set that intention, and in, in like Akira said, I felt it real. I didn't think of no other outcome. I didn't mm-hmm. doubt myself. I didn't p- put it out there with, you know, half-intended energy. It was like, I'm going to heal, and I'm going to get all the proponents that I need to facilitate this with me. And it happened. So, you know, it, but it takes, it's a process. And I'm not, and I, I'm not telling anybody today that, oh, this will happen for you right away. Because, but it was, it was a shift and it happened over a number amount of years, you know. And even 10 years later, I'm still not at 100%, but I'm nowhere near where I was. Because I was having to get pap smeared every three months and all this other stuff just to make sure and getting biopsies, uterine biopsies. Is no fun. They literally clip a piece of your uterus, and they just give you a local anesthetic. They don't put you to sleep for that. So you feel that. <laughs> and I've had that done more than once. You know what I'm saying? But it, it had it done one time. The very first time I had it done, I was still working. And as a massage therapist, I don't know if people notice it, but we don't get PTO and all this other stuff. So I had that done and went back to work because I had to. But that was the, again, the poverty mentality or lack mentality that I had. Like, I didn't even think enough of myself to just have this study where these people just clipped a piece of my uterus off and, and going back to work in pain. But it was just like, I, this is what I had to do to survive, which wasn't my truth. See? You know? And yeah. so, <laughs> you know, doing that self-care piece and thinking about why, why didn't I think it was worthy enough of me to take time off and rest? Those people's job was going to be there tomorrow. If they fired me, oh, well, so be it. But my health was first and foremost, but I, didn't, I wasn't thinking that. So that's why I tell women, like, it's, it ain't too much that y'all can give me as excuses that I haven't thought of or done myself <laughs> when it comes to being healing. So oh, when yeah. people go to at me, I'd be like, okay, well, I heard that too. I'm going to do that. Okay, let me tell you about this. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I feel like, when y'all talk about my energy and my conviction, it's because I can relate. I didn't, I didn't read about this in a book. It wasn't on a blog. I'm telling you from my firsthand experience because I've been there and I've done that and I got the T-shirt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, but that's, but that's why it's so important that, you know, I'm grateful for, that y'all are doing this and having this conversation so that people can hear this and know that this is possible, that it is a viable source, and this is something that we have to do. It it's, it's needs to be a priority. It is. I like that uh, saying. What is the um, sister that says self care is a uh, the, the 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 from Girl Trek? What's the saying that you? Oh, it's, it's uh, self care is a radical act of self love. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to love ourselves enough to take care of this sacred organ that we um, that we have. Or as you yeah. say, even if it's not physically there, the spirit she's of it is still there. there. She's still there. Yeah. She's still and there. so there's still that connection. It doesn't go away. Mm-mm. But there's still so much power in that. And I think we don't get it. You know, when you were talking about the medical procedures, I was going to say, it's interesting because I think every woman can relate to no matter how many times we've had a pap smear done, it's still a very uncomfortable feeling mm-hmm. because it feels like something is invading your space. Mm-hmm. You just reminded me of that when you're talking about, you know, going through all these processes and it is, it, it's, and it's like, why, why does that, you know, make us feel a certain way, um, regardless. Mm-hmm. But it does. It's like it's a foreign, like a foreigner. <laughs> you know, something right. foreign going in, in just even the whole process of the, the 
you know, taking the sales or just, you know, doing the pap smear. It's all a very uncomfortable, invasive feeling. Uh-huh. Well, you know, the medical field is so patriarchal. They don't, they don't. Right, you know, right. Society doesn't respect women. So, of course, the medical practice, the medicine, medical field is practice is not going to respect women. So that invasion is, I'm sure it's our womb saying, this is someone who does not mean us well. And this whole process right. don't mean us well. So it's not a spiritual approach to even caring, uh, caring or even evaluating the womb. It's all patriarchal and it's just not good, at least for me. It's just, it yeah. doesn't it's, feel it's right spiritual. Yeah, when you say that, because the funny thing for me was going through everything with my womb, I found that it was the female gynecologists that were a lot rougher and harsher with me than the male mm -hmm. gynecologists. The male gynecologists were a lot more nurturing yeah. and, um, <laughs> and and all of that. And so when you said that about the patriarchal thing, it was, it's so funny because I felt like the women were very rough through my past years. The women were very rough when I was bitten. I remember the very first time when I had that um, uterine biopsy, I asked my doctor because I had never had children I've never been pregnant or anything like that so I said well what does it feel like and I'm going through this process by myself mind you like I didn't have any support around me I went to the doctor by myself to get this uterine clipping and um so it, you know I was very scared and alone and afraid and I said well what does it feel like this woman said to me well my patients who had children equated to a contraction how does that help me? I don't have children. I've never had a kid. So you giving me that analogy does what for me? And it was just like, what? I don't know what a contraction feels like. How, what does that do for me? Whereas when I had it done again with a male doctor, you know, and I told him about that situation or whatever, he was like, wow, you know what I'm saying? How callous is that? You know what I'm saying? Especially with a woman who's dealing with fertility issues on top of that. So it was just like, you know, it, it, it was very interesting to see the um, differences when it comes to that. And it made me, in retrospect, think, like, what was her connection like with her womb? You know what I'm saying? Oh, For her to be so, question. you know, frigid and things to me, dealing with mine. And, and in, a, in a very traumatic experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't no everyday occurrence. So you think about a pap smear, that uterine biopsy is like a pap smear on 10,000. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, how do we shift that? But one of the um, greatest tools that I had is um, there's a medical doctor that I absolutely love. Her name is Dr. Kirsty Northrup, and she is um, a women's health advocate. Um, even though she's a medical doctor, but she does uh, straddle both the allopathic and the um, natural medicine line, and she does a lot of the metaphysical stuff as well. And she, I remember reading her book, because she has a book called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, in which every woman should own a copy of, because um, she talks about dealing with the physical and emotional health and healing when the body, but especially from womb issues. And um, she had a thing in there where for women who were getting procedures done to your womb and stuff like that to say different affirmations and, you know, different things to kind of counteract that uh, patriarchal feeling or feeling of being invaded or traumatic or whatever, whatever to help initiate that. And I remember um, I want to say there's a meditation or something she has in here for when you're going through medical procedures. And during my last CNC, I recorded that meditation in my voice, and I asked the doctor, can I listen to that during my procedure? Granted, I was, you know, put under, but I was listening to it so it could be programmed into my subconscious. And I healed a lot quickly because of that. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. There's so many different tools that we could use to counteract these different things. Um, that we may deem as traumatic or, you know, invasive and, and all of that to use to heal our wounds and to make that connection. And it, and it made a difference, you know. So these are some of the things that I, you know, try to tell my clients and, and incorporate into their healing regimens so that they know that it isn't a one-size-fits-all thing and what works for me may not work for you. 
you know, because we are on different spiritual paths and things like that. But you knowing that there's something out there to help assist you to make that connection with your womb and to help her to heal and grow and and so that you can have. Because even when it comes to menopause, like most symptoms that women have with menopause are not normal. Hot flashes and all that other stuff. That's not a normal um, phenomenon. That, and that's not every woman's truth when they're going through menopause, but it talks about the deficiencies and things that's going on in the body. But if you don't have that connection and that information, then you take in what society has told you. You're supposed to have hot flashes. You're supposed to have vaginal dryness. You're supposed to have all that other stuff. And that's not true when it comes to menopause because that's not everybody's truth when they're going through menopause. So, again, it's about educating yourself and applying these natural tools and remedies so that you can lead a healthier lifestyle and especially when it comes to healing your wound. I think we've probably reached a point in our podcast where we should <laughs> uh-huh. Hakeem was laughing. <laughs> ready for these challenges. That's Fired up and ready to, 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 to challenge the sisters about what Oh boy. You know what? I was like just thinking of challenges and I'm like the only challenge that really needs to be made is know thyself and get to know your womb. Mm-hmm. Everything else will fall in place after that. I mean, just mm-hmm. everything that you said, Ked knew just from beginning to this podcast to now is everything could be rectified if we just only reconnect with our womb and listen. And we have to redefine who, what a strong woman is. A strong mm-hmm. woman got to be that woman that that reconnects with the God within. Mm-hmm. Draw from the, the power of the womb. We have to. We keep. We're not. We're looking externally for to replenish ourselves, and that's not. That hasn't been working. So we need to redefine what a strong woman is. So those are my two challenges for today. Um, man, I'm just I'm I'm speechless, really. I mean, it was so wealth of information that was that was said. The energy is just so high. My womb is talking. That's it. I, I, I'm trying to listen to my womb. See, that's why I ain't saying much, Kenny. Kenny, I'm usually I'm usually Atila got to be little girl. Be quiet. I, I want to say something. See, I normally be just talking, 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 talking. But I've been li- I've been really trying to listen. Akila, I know you like about time. <laughs> but Ketnu, it has been a pleasure having you on, my sister, from the from the day I met you. Uh, I've just felt your healing spirit. And even even in your absence, you are still with me. The wisdom that you that you um impressed on me is still I still have it. I utilize it every day. Uh I am just so grateful that I met you and had a chance to Feel your healing power. I know you don't consider yourself a healer. You say you facilitate healing, but girl, you a mm-hmm. healer to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I just what I, I want to do is give you your last word, and also let everybody know how they can contact you. So let it, just go ahead and just give, give us a little bit more, Kenny. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thank you so much. I am so humbled and honored that you see me in that light, and that you know my purpose in life is to be authentic and, and walk in my authenticity and just be the light that I can be to help other women um, find that inner voice and that inner strength to do what it is that they need to do to bring their life into what I call a soulful life and, and finding that balance and harmony in whatever it is that they're trying to achieve with their health and wellness, um, mind, body, and spirit. So thank you both for allowing me to share my passion and, and my my beacon with with your podcast listeners. Um, you can find me pretty much on every social media platform for the most part. I'm a soulful touch wellness on Instagram and a soulful touch on Facebook. And my website is a soulful dot com. And um and if you just need to have a conversation, you can always give me a call at area code 843-564-2464. Thank you, sis. Y'all better utilize, utilize that number. I'm telling you, y'all better follow sister on Facebook, Instagram. Every time she posts something, I'll be like, 
okay, here goes some more spiritual food. I need to get it from my sister. So <laughs> thank you so much. Um, everybody, be on the lookout because we're going to post a bio and picture of Kenu, like we do of all our co-hosts. So all before we even release the podcast, we always do that. So get to know our guests even before you even listen to them. But be on the lookout for Cat News uh, bio and uh, picture to be posted on our Conversations with Royal Empress uh, Facebook page, okay? Um, as, as I say always, thank you always for tuning in every week to listen to us. And you are appreciated and loved. And peace and blessings. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Impress, please visit the website royalimpress.org. You can also follow the Royal Impress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Impress is a subsidiary of the Royal Impress organization. All rights reserved.